Hello, and welcome to season two of the podcast, Human Design with Livy. Each week, I sit down with incredible guests who candidly share about their journeys of growing their personal brands online. We dive into their own brand story, their expertise, and their human design. I've honestly learned so much from each guest, and I can't wait for everyone to enjoy this series too. Here's a snippet of what's to come. Success has nothing to do with how much money you're bringing in, and it has everything to do with the quality and depth of connections that you're making. And that actually, when you start to measure success by that parameter, every single day gets to be successful. And then naturally, the money and the profit and the impact will come in. And I think one of the best ways to make your offer irresistible is to speak to enough people that have the same problem, that you learn from hearing the same complaints and desires. Okay, that's what I have to create. A very, very important part of my brand is actually ease, which felt and feels still like a real challenge because it's having to undo this kind of impulse to keep on doing, not not working like an animal, but just actually really taking the time to be where I'm at. You can be expanded by somebody and not have to copy paste. There are strategies and structures, but like it, really has to come from within and it's so unique when it does hello it's livy here i wanted to come on and do a solo episode this week and first of all just to thank everyone who's listened to this series it's been a real joy to record with all of the guests um, I have learned so much from each and every one of them and I really hope that you guys have taken something too. I think we've had some really inspiring people who are sharing their journey of showing up in a way that feels really aligned to them and sharing their expertise and if you've been listening, thinking um, or being inspired by any of the individuals that we've had on, I'd love to hear which episodes you've enjoyed the most and who you'd like to hear more from in the next series, which I'm in the middle of planning now. So I thought I'd just riff on a few things that have been coming up in my world recently, the sorts of clients that I'm working with, the things that we're working on, um, the trends that I'm seeing and um, yeah, perhaps what to expect going forward in 2024. So um I was working with a client the other day who came to me, who has been, in her own words, kind of struggling with content creation and getting consistent with her content creation. She's got a um, a fairly large following and she's brilliant at what she does, but she finds trying to create content consistently, whether that be, you know, number of times a week or what to focus on, um, and then the time that she spends actually creating it really um, draining. So we were looking at her human design chart and she, like me, has a receptive mind. So this is your top right arrow. If that points right, then you've got a receptive mind. If it points left, it's strategic. Generally, we say with, with receptive minds that you don't actually suit strategy that well in your business. Um, trying to come up with strategy, trying to implement strategy, um, it can actually 
go against your favor and feel quite limiting and restrictive and um like something's not working and i always think with human design the sign that something is working is just you experiencing flow um and so we'd been looking at what she'd been trying to do who she'd worked with before and what sort of strategy she'd applied and whether or not they'd worked and trying to post consistently say three times a week just wasn't something that um was creating flow or felt like flow in in her world and i really believe with content creation that if it feels good then it's correct if it feels like a struggle if it feels forced then it's not correct i know the algorithm will tell you you know post three times a week to get visible but i really think that you become visible when you are sharing authentically when you are sharing your um your knowledge what's different um and you're sharing in a way that just feels good for you rather than forcing um so with that in mind what we did instead of uh trying to focus on writing you know three posts a week and getting the content ready for that what i've noticed that works well with receptive minds in particular is being having someone to pull the information out of them because when you have a receptive mind and a passive brain you literally have no idea the well of information that is contained within you so she has a passive brain receptive mind and she is able to share everything that's inside of her when she's prompted correctly when she's asked and one of the key things for receptive minds is that they have to have people who are drawing from their knowledge. They have to have people who are drawing. The quality of the people that they surround themselves with is really dependent on the quality of the information that is drawn out of them. So those that really see them, understand them, um, and can help them tap into that well and, and offer that wisdom to others um, is, is really important for them. Because otherwise it feels like you sit in front of the computer, you try and write and there's nothing there, especially if you're on your own, there's nothing being pulled from you to get all of that wisdom and um, knowledge that you have to share with people. And we spent the hour together coming up with, by me asking her questions, which I knew her audience would want to know the answers to um, and drawing that information out of her and then creating snippets and clips from the content or rewording some of what had been drawn out of her so that it was in a digestible format for her audience. Um, and she's now got content for at least the next few weeks, perhaps even the next month from one hour session, from all of that information, when you know the right questions to be asked, being pulled out of her and she doesn't have to worry. So we've got all of the clips done. We've got all of the content uploaded into Canva and ahead of her launch now, she's feeling a lot more stable and secure and not worried about creating content on the go, whether it's 10 p.m. at night or just not having any um, foundation to support her as she goes through the launch. And I think sometimes we can fall into the trap of like wanting to create an offer and wanting to make more money in our business but not actually having um the foundations in place to make for a successful launch or a launch that doesn't feel even if it's successful you know doesn't feel super stressful and doesn't leave us burnt out by the time that we've got to the delivery of the program which i see happen so 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 often when we're trying to force content um and create content on the go 
Um, lots of business coaches will tell you to batch create or have a plan around your content. And I think it's helpful if you know how to plan in a way that is best for you. If you, if you know, or you know how to create content in a way that is best for you. Um, otherwise, it can be incredibly draining and, in, and and incredibly time consuming. And content creation is something that um, you know no one else is paying for in 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 your business. Um, depending on how you price your services, if you're spending hours and hours of your time creating content. Um, without factoring that into, you know, the overall price of running and costs of running your business, um, then it can be an incredible drain. Um, and also something that has come up and that I've seen is that people fixating on creating content or having low engagement, for example, on their content and thinking that things aren't working. So in my experience, what I've noticed with content is that... Often it's not the content that creates the most engagement that is linked to the highest conversion. So you can have a lot of my low performing posts in terms of engagement often are the ones that have the highest click through rates, the highest conversions. Um, and so trying to measure your success or getting caught up in the measurement of success through engagement is is not a great way to look at things because often what you'll find is low performing content can often, if it is written in, you know, if the purpose is conversion, won't actually make a lot for engagement, likes, comments. Um, I know that I've I've felt that before in, in terms of people who've put out content that maybe shifts my belief or has me thinking about things in a different way will end up not actually like resulting in a like or engagement but it will result in a click through or a oh I see that in a different way let me see what you know that what more they've got to offer me um and so I think it's it's important not to get kind of caught up in the trip of worrying about engagement worrying about likes worrying about real views um, and create from a place of, okay, this is how I'm designed to create, looking at what I'm designed to share as well, um, then and going from there as your baseline. Um, because I think the industry is generally bored of seeing the kind of cookie, cookie cutter content and content that looks, feels, um, sounds the same. And after all, human design is here to bring differentiation. And what really is the kind of the root of it all is actual cognitive awareness um a differentiated lens your ability to bring what we call outer authority to others and share your unique perspective with others and i think that's been lost and diluted in the industry where people are just learning from strategies that have worked for their coach or their coach's coach or mentor and it's not taking account of the fact of how they're designed to see the world, how they're designed to share their message, what they're designed to um, say, whether they're designed to support people through their tribal circuitry, whether they're designed to empower through their individual circuitry or um, share through their collective circuitry. Um, and, you know, being a 6'2", um, being a 6'2", a role model, 
what matters to me the most is authenticity um and being integrous you know the whole point of the 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 role model is to and the role model ends up being a little bit like detached a little bit um you know aloof because it is by the very fact that it has to that it is role modeling it is there is a tiny bit of separation between um you and the, the the people that you are role modeling or being a role model for um and it's important for six lines to feel really authentic um in what they're doing and to be very differentiated in what they're doing um and that comes in certain levels depending on where you're at in your six line journey if you are a six line um, and I think it evolves I've noticed in my own journey like the desire to become um, more differentiated or desire to become unique and the ability to be a role model for others for differentiation for you know your own perspectives um, six lines are here to provide outer authority too um, and so it, it helps to have a space um, between you and the other people that you are supporting so that you can see what's going on um, and your integrity in my experience evolves as you go through that evolution um, of becoming more wise as a sixth line you know to some extent it's always there but it matures and it evolves and your ability to provide outer authority also evolves um, what human design is really concerned with um is nine-centered communication and what we mean by that is that we've moved away from an age of seven-centered survival um you know worrying about things um being able to be like being concerned with our pure survival you know not having food shelter um ba basic needs being met and actually evolving and mutating um and going beyond that pure survival mode into differentiated awareness, you know, cognitive potential, cognitive awareness, so that you can share your unique view with people, so that you can enlighten others with your own experiences, with your own authority. Um, and that, ha that has somehow um, been lost for me, as I see it in, in content creation. Um, because often what happens, I think, in the human design world is that people come into human design and there's so many voices in the space now it's not like it was um you know four or five years ago um everyone um it's become very easy to become you know, i'm gonna put like air quote qualified in this industry um <clears throat> overnight and it's meant that generally you know as modalities evolve there is a dilution that happens um, and I can see, you know, why this happens and how this happens, especially with, you know, tools that we do have today in social media. Um, there's been a dilution of the material. Um, and, you know, lots of people are often, I think, what we're learning from online now, for the most part with human design, is what we call pop human design, like popular human design. Um, with the likes of people like um, Jenna Zoe or um, Eden Carpenter. Um, and there's nothing I'd say, what, what I would say is when you 
um, start to stray away from source, um, things become inaccurate. Um, and where there's a desire, I know that new language um, has been used to perhaps make things more palatable and make things feel good. Um, and I, you know, there was a stage I kind of entered into source material and then got lost a little bit in pop human design and then came back to source material, which has always felt the most empowering and created the most shifts for me in my journey. Um, and when you try to adapt the language, this the source language carries a certain frequency. The keynotes matter, the language that you use matter. If you start to mix, um, let's say, um, the keynotes of collective circuitry with that of individual, the frequency of the information will not land in the same way as it, this is a cellular knowledge. It's designed to literally transform the cells in your body. Um, and when you shift the language, you shift the frequency. Um, uh, for me, where I've stayed closer to source material and teachers who have learned from source, um, that's where my experiment has really clicked into place. Um, and I think the information has been diluted online um, and we've been tempted to kind of take snippets of information and apply it to our life without actually knowing how it fits in with the context of the whole chart. Um, and that is important because how one person experiences being or having a you know, certain definition in their chart is going to differ wildly to somebody else. Um, you meet two projectors, completely different definition. Um, the only thing that they share is the, the the commonality of how their aura is operating, their strategy, and um, the waiting for recognition and invitation. Um, and so it can be distorting um, to learn from providers who don't use the source material and change the language. Um, and that ends up more often more um, harmful than helpful for the reader. Now, in this way, I think everybody finds their own way. And maybe some people have to experience that to be able to come back to what's correct for them or the very thing that will help um, transform them. So um, if people, you know, get stuck in the kind of the mind candy or wanting to chew on more and more information for the mind without actually implementing it and experimenting with it in their lives and seeing how the definition actually shows up in their lives. So something that's really important for me when I start working with clients is I will, you know, they have the one eight channel. I want to know exactly how that is showing up in their lives more and more nowadays. These clients that I work with actually use human design as a modality in their business. And they come to me kind of wanting to get clear on their message and how to use their design in a way that's going to feel good for them and um, not burn out and um, yeah, bring something different because they care about differentiation and bring something unique to the market. And the, the last thing that they want to do is be compared to the next person in their, in their niche. Um, and so I want to hear how, um, how, you know, if they have, whatever their definition is that they have whether it's 2750 or 214 or whatever that looks like in their lives I want to I want to know like how that's showing up in their conversations how that's showing up in the way that their body moves um 
lots of people, lots of clients that come to me who are either generators or manifesting generators um, have learned human design um, through one provider or another. And yet when I ask them questions to warm up their sacral or to um, calibrate their sacral, connect to their sacral response, they answer with the mind um, and they're not familiar with what their response actually feels like. They're not familiar with whether or not the, the activations around their sacral and wh whether they're here to, you know, empower, share or support others with their definition. Um, and I think that happens with the dilution of the material because human design is so vast and different voices are coming to the table. Um, there can be um, a desire to want to make money from it. And um, given its explosion in recent years, which Ra had predicted, um, you know, in some ways it's great because uh, loads more people have access to it. But if it's only keeping them in the mind, Ra used to say that 4% of 4% will actually differentiate. So in a planet of 7 billion, um, only 4% of that, 4% who find human design will actually differentiate. Um, and that's actually, you know, that's a small percentage of people who will be able to actually use this knowledge and apply it in their life and their business to experience less resistance, more flow, more success, more satisfaction, more peace, more surprise. Um, and being able to do that really comes down to you actually being able to experiment with the information um and to be able to do that i think for me personally learning from somebody who has learned from source and um, who's able to transmit the system um now we all have you know our own fractal um our own people that we are here to learn from um and sometimes i know in the beginning of my journey i just couldn't i literally couldn't hear ra in the sense that i was really turned off by his voice by his approach and I often found that it was so funny I found that um people who had learned source would try to even in the science of differentiation try to replicate the way that he sounded um I find that so peculiar in a you know in a system that's about differentiation um if if I'm supporting somebody who wants to use human design in their business I want to see and know the filter through which they're sharing the system you know, are they sharing it from a tribal point of view with, um, I don't know, uh, you know, many fourth line activations um, and the sun in gate five? Like, what, what is the lens and the, the filter through which you are actually sharing um, the system? I think that is really important when you're thinking about offering human design in your business. And one of the keys to differentiation um, and so people who are designed to hear from you um will come to you those people you know can hear you if they're on your fractal um a fractal is a clear line of communication um and those people you're going to end up impacting so like i said i couldn't hear ra at the beginning um and it took me kind of going away and exploring other ways that the language and the system was being transmitted to then come back to him when I was ready to hear him. And now I can't get enough of source materials. The only thing that I consume, um, I do not learn uh, from teachers or analysts or anyone who who doesn't 
um, learn from source now. Um, and the same goes for coaches, the invest people that I invest in, mentors that I invest in, unless they have a good and thorough knowledge of human design, um, I choose not to invest these days because so much of my business or all of my businesses is about differentiation and bringing something unique and I fell into the trap of uh, working with coaches mg coaches who you know shared their strategies for scaling which just didn't and weren't correct for me um because we all have a way to grow our business that's correct for us um and so it's really important to you know maybe um take a step back and see going into 2024 like what are the things that i'm going to focus on to um foster a business that feels good for me um that works for me based on my design um and lots of people have that feeling and that desire because i think there is going to be a shift in in the industry and we felt it over this last year for sure um changes in buying behavior um shifts in you know so lots of people um shifting in who they're supporting, what they're supporting people with. Um, in nearly every discovery call I think I've had this year, I have, people have come to me saying, I have spent so much on doing things this way and it hasn't worked or I've tried, you know, different strategies under the sun and it it's not yielded the results that I'd hoped to see. And I think, you know, in particular with human design practitioners, human design it takes a long time, you know, it's a seven year initial deconditioning process and it takes a long time to decondition and, um, and to live and experiment with the system. Um, and, you know, in that way, we're not going to see overnight success. Yes. You might start out and offer a few readings here and there and have some success in your business, um, you know, through the readings that you offer, but until you actually differentiate the products and the message and you know share what you're here to share in the way that you are designed to your success is going to be limited um because you can't create consistently from a place of where you don't have definition for example um now we all have different strategies for business based on our design um and i think going into 2024 it's going to be really hard to stand out if you're not anchored and rooted in a strategy that actually works for you in the way that you were designed to share uh, to consistently output if that's correct for you and how to actually output if sharing if posting content there's it's no longer an age where online we can post and just hope for people to buy our services there has to be a real nurturing and a connection and a intentional journey for your customer um, so that they feel ready to buy. Often people come to me um, with, you know, say, for example, I'm supporting in a group program or um, people come to me questioning, like, what should I put in my, you know, I know I need to have a free a freebie or a lead magnet to start building my list or to create connection with my potential customer or I often say to them you know you have to create something that is high reward for them and very low risk 
low risk will mean the fact that it is free uh, they're not paying they're not investing a lot into what you are offering and high reward means that they're getting high reward they're getting good value that the information that you share in your freebie your pdf your videos your content it has to be as good as what you are offering in your paid um in your paid sessions in in your paid work so a free meditation a free download a a journaling guide um though that in that is not going to be high enough reward for your potential customer to be able to start trusting you more in delivering something that supports them the other thing people kind of question is what to include in this lead magnet in this freebie now for me it all begins with solving part of the problem that your end product solves so it shouldn't just be a random thing that you offer for free to help build no like and trust it has to be connected to the end product that your offering is actually solving for this customer and how do you know what they need solving well without guessing you ask um and for me the fusion of being able to have an awareness of what is going on in the market um whether that be through research whether that be from listening to people and their stories and what's going on in their lives and having what i call your curiosity antenna turned on um and actually um knowing what you can with integrity with authenticity with experience um through your design support people with um and so making sure that what you are supporting them with is actually going some way to solve something that they are struggling with right now um, in their own personal life um, or their business life. Um, and you have an end product that actually solves that whole problem. Um, it was once taught to me as like a pizza analogy. So what you want from your freebie or your lead magnet is to share a slice of the pizza. Um, so you can show people that you've got a solution to their offering, which is the pizza. And in part of that, you're sharing in getting to know, like, and trust you, you're sharing a part of that pizza slice, what it actually takes to solve the whole problem. Um, so if you want to stand out in 2024, um, for me, it's going to be about quietening the noise of what is going on in your industry and trends and things that seem to be working and actually anchoring into your own, what's going to work for you, your own strategy, um, your own experimentation of your design, your own understanding of how you are designed to output in a way that is going to, um, create foster connection um and have people want to reach out and work with you and being intentional to the extent that you can um instead of taking a scattergun approach being really intentional with the way that you are looking to support people um uh, i think the other thing is with there really will be a shift in between people who are you know in it for to make a quick buck and those who are 
you know, fully in that experiment, fully learning, fully integrating, fully embodying what it is that they are offering. Um, so if you have a program, there's any part of your program that you aren't fully embodying or offering yourself, um, then getting closer to that place of embodiment, I think, is going to be super, super important to be able to stand out online. I think it's going to be impossible to stand out um, by just following trends or what's worked for a coach, especially if they have a different design to you. And obviously we all have very uh, unique designs. Um, and I think it will be more and more what I've seen this year is that people want, you know, confirmation of the kinds of results that you can get for people um that you can support them with um i really think that it's there will be a division going forward in the market of those who um can truly support based on their own experience and what they're designed to be supporting others with and um those that haven't spent time um transforming um creating um and getting results uh for so essentially what i'm talking about is there will kind of be a clearing a clearing of the weeds you know um i think that that's going to happen even more and more um and being able to feel rooted in what you offer and secure in what you offer and the way that you do it is going to be really really important um and having strategies or not strategies um, that that support you in in doing things in a way that feel good um, for you and for your business. So um, yeah, I'm looking forward to see how things shift. Obviously, we're moving more and more to an age in 2027 in human design of individuality, less away from the tribal bargains, the way things have been done in communities and through connections um beforehand and actually we're going to see the rise of the individual as we get closer and closer to 2027 um what we've probably been experiencing more and more these days um you know in human design we say that so for context there's a shift that happens every 400 plus years is a major shift happening um, and the next one that we're due to enter into the big shift is in 2027 so we're currently in a global cycle known as the cross of planning and the cycle has a tribal frequency um, where we've been drawn towards interconnection and community and support and balance um, provision of foods supporting in community um, and now we're moving towards an age of the individual. Um, and this means courage to walk your own path, um, courage to and integrity to um, get involved and understand who you are. And uh, I used to call it enlightened selfishness. Um, you know, it's a, a kind of a me, 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 as opposed to a we under the cross of the sleeping phoenix. Um, and under this cross, we are going to survive by knowing what is correct for us, by following our strategy and authority. Strategy and authority is really the unique a, a unique human process. It isn't dependent on the tribe. 
Um, so from tribal to individual, we're going to be seeing a breakdown and a reorganization of social infrastructure, um, a decline of institutional power and a rise of individual power. You've probably already felt the rumblings of it um, in any case. Um, and we're going to be seeing it more and more. Um, this is a whole nother topic to explore. Um, but what once worked, I guess what I'm trying to say is what once worked will no longer work. Um, and so being able to know how to navigate this material plane using your design is going to be key to thriving and to standing out. Um, so those are the words I'm going to leave you with and hopefully, yeah, inspire you to start thinking about individuality and what you can bring um, to others based on your design. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs>